The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited for today's show. I'm super excited to have you all here and joining us while we explore the concept of peace, living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Wow. Can you even imagine living a life of peace every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have it. Listen, we work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today we have a fabulous treat for you. We are going to be talking to Sandy Zeig. She is a film director who has directed and produced five films, including the short Central Park, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 1994, a feature, The Girl, based on a short story by French writer Monique Wittick, in 2001, which premiered in Toronto and Berlin. The documentary Soul Masters, Dr. Gould and Dr. Shaw, and Apache 8, about the first all-women wildland firefighter crew from the White Mountain Apache Reservation, broadcast on PBS in 2011. Sisters Jaguar's Journey, completed in 2015, which tells the story of a Dominican nun who finds peace and forgiveness through plant medicine in the Amazon rainforest. And today's topic, her film entitled The Living Saint of Thailand, completed this year in 2019. I'm super excited. I can't tell you how excited I am to have um, Sandy joining us today. I'm going to bring her on and then we're going to talk about this film. And I want you as our listeners to really listen for our own journey. You know, there's something that I said on my Facebook live this morning and last week as well, is that our life, our journey is about more than just us. Today, no matter what you did, no matter how monumental it was or how trivial you think it might have been, your life, your work, your words touched somebody else's life. Sandy, you have done that with this film. Welcome to Everyday Peace. Oh, thank you so much, David. It's an honor, really a privilege to be here. I'm so happy and so grateful that you uh, would like to share this film uh, with your audience. And I've listened to many of your programs. I've been inspired every time. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, you're so very welcome. And we only have an hour to discuss a very amazing topic in a very um, 
life-changing topic. So I'm going to jump right in and repeat the title. And the film can be seen right now. You can go uh, at the end of our show. Stay with us for this entire show because you don't want to miss hearing the film director, producer, talk about all of the things that we sometimes walk away from the film and we have all these questions like, oh, what did that mean? And what was this? And so this documentary, when you watch it, you're going to have a If you're anything like me, your heart is going to be all over and just open up to receiving more. So we're so happy to have you here to share with us all the insights into this. I'm going to read about uh, the film right now. Um, The Living Saint of Thailand is about Venerable Mei-Chi Sansani. She was a model, a top model, a top model. And in Thailand, who abandoned all of her material success in 1980 to become a Buddhist nun. Now, right there, I got to tell you, it had my full attention, right? Top model. Imagine the lifestyle of a model, right? The glam, the glamorous lifestyle. The I just feel like it's a no holds bar when you're a model. Everything, the world is opened up to you and you are the standard of, of beauty and a lot of attention and a lot of material possessions. So right there, to abandon all of that and become a Buddhist nun. Um, After studying for seven years, she dedicated herself to helping victims of rape, incest, and domestic abuse, and single mothers with newborn children seeking refuge from a barren piece of land in the middle of the bustling Bangkok. uh, Venerable Mechi Sansani, created an oasis and learning community where women and families can practice living together in harmony with compassion. Uh, the, the, the film is entitled The Living Saint of Thailand. It's a 14-minute film video, and it's the portrait of Venerable Mechi Sansani, along with two women and a young girl whose lives were transformed they represent thousands of others who have experienced the benefits of her loving kindness. In 2017, our guest today, filmmaker Sandy Zeig, stayed at her center, uh, a Buddhist, Buddhist uh, center, and joined in all of the activities at the center. And she had was so moved by her time there that she wanted to, and, I, and I'm speaking for you but as though you're not here, but <laughs> you're right. to really, really let the world know about this uh, before we get into uh, I, what was it what was the was there one thing one moment that you said i gotta let the world know what's happening here in the middle of bangkok well um imagine that you're in the middle of the city that is a uh, city if people haven't been to, ba- to bangkok in like new york city or chicago and you kind of zoom down from, from a google map down and all of a sudden, you you see all of these buildings and all of these roads, and then all of a sudden, you see this oasis kind of plot of green. And all there is is you're surrounded by lotus ponds and meditation paths and uh, and tree green trees, and it's just so beautiful. That's the experience that you have when you walk into here at the Masatan, which is Venerable uh, Nature's Learning Center and Meditation Center. So I think it was the first time that I saw this place that I thought to myself, even just the beauty of this place without having even met her, but this is extraordinary. Something extraordinary is happening here. 
Yes. When I saw the film, uh, uh, that beauty you captured in the film, but this this one piece here that I want to read to you, uh, it says the center uh, under Venerable Mechi Sansani's leadership follows the principles of that the Dhamma is sacred Mm -hmm. and can be applied to everyday life. The center is guided by the beliefs that every human being has the potential to live a life free from suffering and that people can be different and that difference should be respected and accepted. When I read that, I I read that before, I think you may have sent that to me prior to me seeing the film and right there opened me up. I was so receptive to everything that I saw in that film because of that principle right there is that people Every human being has the potential to live a life free from suffering. Mm-hmm. Key to me was the potential. Mm-hmm. And what takes it from a potential to reality, believe it or not, I believe it, I definitely do, is you, me, every other living being, and what we do when we live in our in, in our truth and we stand in our We do what we are designed to do. It paves the way for somebody else to live a life free from suffering. And that's exactly what happens for the women who come through the center for for this Living Saint of Thailand film. So I'm going to, you set us up, let us, I'm very interested in why, why one how someone I, I kind of get the why why you would do it but maybe for our listeners someone with her background I'll let maybe you can tell us a little bit about her background as a top model away from all of that the money the lifestyle and turns to a life of being a Buddhist nun so you know, my understanding when I spoke to her um, I did have a chance uh, several times to have private conversations, and then, uh, of course, the interviews in the movie, um, she was not satisfied with the life that she had, which everyone would consider would be an extraordinary life with wealth and, you know, uh, of course, uh, all of the material things that you could possibly have. She really wasn't satisfied at the age of 27, and she decided that she wanted to study Buddhism, and she found a special teacher who taught her Buddhism the precepts of Buddhism, all of the the most important teachings of Buddhism for seven years. And some of those teachings, I'm not going to go into Buddhist teachings, but uh, the first teaching that Buddhists will learn is the Four Noble Truths. And that's in in, in the first place that ordinary life brings about suffering. And that the origin of suffering is attachment. And that the cessation of suffering is attainable in this lifetime. And that if you follow the Buddhist path, you can be free of suffering. So those are part of the things that she learned. And some extraordinary story uh, that she told me was, after seven years of studying, her teacher said to her, you know that plot of land, it's a barren plot of land, uh, it was close to where their temple was, you should buy that plot of land. And she said to him, why would I buy that? You told me that I shouldn't have anything, that I didn't need anything. And he said to her, if you use it well, you can have something, you can have things. And so she uh, bought that land 
and she started building on that land in 1987. And in the film, you can see some of the original buildings and how it was, was really still dirt and, you know, uh, no, no plants there. And she started her first project. And you mentioned uh, the first project was called the Kindred House, which was a sanctuary for women with unwanted pregnancies and for their children. She really wanted women because there were so many women who didn't, who had been raped by family members or other people, and they had no place to go. They didn't, they had no place of compassion, no home. And so she gave them home. And there were, there were many, many, many women. And one of the women that's interviewed in the film, Katai, was one of the very first women who was in that project. And she came with her nine-month-old son, Gong. And uh, so we have interview footage from her at that time when she first came and, and now currently. And she is just the most beautiful being. And the thing about the people that I interviewed is each one of them um, had such beautiful um, words of wisdom. <laughs> they were they're all so wise and they had really integrated the teaching. Um, it, for Katai, she said, um, Venerable Meiji teaches not to open up old wounds. And for us to create, you know, kindness in our heart and, and through art. And so Katai is making candles out of wax. I'm sorry, flowers, lotus flowers out of wax. So she's creating art. After all of the suffering that she went through, she's now uh, overcome that suffering through uh, service to others and through her own art. That's one of the people that was interviewed. Um, yeah, you know, it, what I found, and we're going to jump around a little bit in the film because I got to tell you that there's so much in the film, so many principles that uh, a way of life that we, not as Buddhist nuns, not living in Thailand, but right here, it's such a teachable film and can be applied day-to-day -day life here in, in, you know, living in the secular communities that we live in. And one of the principles was this principle of forgiveness and thankfulness, uh, being thankful for the opportunity to serve. That's right. Thankful <laughs> for the opportunity to serve. And that comes up, that theme is really played out a lot in this documentary. Everything that she does, everything that she's teaching here is service-minded. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so in the center, um, she has services that she offers people depending on what you need. So when she started this project for women with unwanted pregnancies, she did that for 10 years. And then she realized in 10 years later that she could start another program to help children in the womb. So basically, women who are pregnant come with their husbands and their children uh, who are born and they understand how to nurture a child even before birth. So they learn kindness, they learn compassion, they learn love. And, and so that project is really fantastic, you know, and it's, I, I've been to many of those uh, workshops when I've been there, each one of them is so interesting. And then Venerable Meiji also goes to prisons to take uh, care of women who are pregnant in prison and um, have to give birth in prison to also teach them loving kindness. That's yeah. Before we get too far into that, because there's some extraordinary work that she does in the prisons that I think you know, really brought me to tears the first time I, mm -hmm. I, I saw 
with the forgiveness principle. But what in her life was there something that made her really focus her attentions on the victims of rape and incest? I mean, this is really heavy. I mean, she could have just been a nun who who put together a center to help any type of person. What why what led her to focus on this particular part of society? I think that she just became aware of the fact that there was no one taking care of these women and that there were so many of them. I think that she didn't have a plan, from what I understand, that whatever came to her you know, was what she found the solution for. And that's what I, that's how I understand she came to it. I don't have a better answer for that, but it was just intuitively she knew and practically she found out and then she created programs spontaneously. That has been her, her style of, of, of producing these programs and everything that she's done. But yeah. And so when the women come to, and, and, Divine inspiration is how I'm going to take that because the work is so relevant and so necessary. She's providing such a wonderful service. When the women come in the film, it shows how they come. A lot of them come really broken and really love the idea and the concept and the giving nature. They learn a skill there. You know, I think someone was talking about how they learn to be uh, produced, become a work the camera and produce film. So she's not only is he teaching them kindness and compassion, but she is preparing them also to enter back into, I guess, secular world. Because they don't are, are any of them staying there for for life, becoming nuns and dead. Yes, I I believe so. I believe that for number one, uh, it, it, I came upon each one of these stories just uh, by chance. I was very drawn to Nantawan, uh, Mechi Nantawan, who is a nun. And because I'm a filmmaker, there was this, this nun who was um, also doing the same kind of work that I do. Um, she was switching uh, four cameras while they were having workshops, and they webcast everything on Facebook. So they have many, many programs going on. And so I was kind of fascinated by her. And someone had mentioned to me she had been in prison. I thought, this is amazing. She's a complicated film job. Sandy, we're we're kind of losing you there a little bit. I don't know if there's something going on with your your mic, but we're losing you a little bit there. Oh, okay. Maybe I was moving too much myself. (laughs) Is that better? Yeah, that's a lot better. So you said you were you were taken by the the filmmaker that was on site there. Yes, that's right. And Michi Nakawan. And so I interviewed her and found out that she um, had been um, in prison for drugs for, and she had been drugs for over twenty years. And she saw Michi Sansini come to do the Serene Mind Project with, with the um, which is the project of pregnant women in the prison. And she saw her, and when she saw her, she thought to herself, if I ever get out of prison, I am going to be ordained as a nun. And so she came and found uh, Venerable Mason and became ordained at Secure Damasat time. And then they needed someone to help with the video. She had no experience. But the fact is that all... Um, everyone wants to do that is to serve. And in whatever way is needed, people serve. 
So she said, oh, I was scared. You'll see it in the movie, but I wanted to try to do it. And then ultimately she has practically one of the best jobs, <laughs> I would say, because she's with Métis Saint-Denis all of the time, filming her and giving her work to the world. Right, because, I mean, she's the reason. And you're right. I, I was fascinated by her story, too, because she was one of the women uh, in the in the doc in your documentary who was not a victim of rape or the of anyway mm -hmm. her her mm -hmm. situation is that she's been with this i guess group of people that have been using drugs for 20 some years and uh still she was able to find a new way of life a new way of thinking and conducting herself right. center here right, right. right. and so I, I was fascinated by her and the and the, and the work, work that she did there and and the fact there was a point in the film too where they talked about how uh sansani insisted on them learning language mm -hmm. yeah learn yeah that was, it was yeah that was for um a specific well there are many younger nuns that she's um trying to educate so that they can communicate when people come from uh, different parts of the of the world um and so uh their uh nation mind came there this was an extraordinary story because i happen to be there at the moment that Mind came with her grandmother. I was waiting to speak to their mom, uh, Sansini, and her car drove up, and there were a few people waiting at the gate to ask for her blessings or to talk with her. So I just had my camera there, and this young girl who was 12 at the time and her grandmother had a conversation with Venerable Mechie Sansini, and I was, I was trying to understand what was happening, and she invited them into the center. And when... They came alone to speak with her. Someone sort of explained to me that they came from five hours of deep uh, in Thailand to visit Venerable Mechi Sensini. They had no idea if she would be there, but they wanted to find her because uh, this young girl was in danger. They lived by a field, and there were lots of birds, and the grandmother was extremely worried about her, and she didn't want her to be living there anymore. And so she asked Venerable Mechi Sensini, do you have a school here? Can my granddaughter stay here? And there was this very emotional moment that I was photographing, like moment by moment, having but not really being able to understand the tide, but I knew that something important was happening. And verbal making sense to me said, eventually we understood that yes, uh, this young girl could stay there until she graduated college. Um, and, and she would just take care of her. And so one of the things that she wanted her to do was to learn English. And now makes she mind she was ordained. She's an extraordinary young woman. She's learning English. She's learning Chinese. And, uh, and she's really participating uh, in, 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 this, in the community. Yeah, I have, you know, from watching the film, I had so many questions from... It. Uh, I guess from an entrepreneurial standpoint too, because it, what that she does, and I encourage everyone. The name of the film film is "The Living Saint of Thailand." You will be riveted. It, it's in English uh, subtitles, but you won't be able to turn your eyes from the screen. So, but I, it is just amazing how beautiful. First of all, the center is, but how much it must must take. I understand she owns the land, but it must be incredibly expensive to keep something this extraordinary. I mean, it's just beautiful. 
This is extraordinary. And there's one part in the scene where you can see the beautiful temple grounds and, and beyond it, you can see the other buildings around. And it is the most extraordinary piece of architecture in that area, as far as I can see from the film. Mm-hmm. How do they maintain themselves? How do they keep well, a structure like this the, going? You know, there's a culture in Thailand of giving. You know, um, it's like one would give, you know, to one's uh, spiritual practice. And so there's a lot of people that donate a lot. And uh, this is really how it, it manages to stay uh, alive. You know, there's a lot of donations. Um, I, when I was there, they were building a mindfulness hospital. And this land uh, wasn't so friendly, user-friendly for people with wheelchairs and crutches and people that had a hard time walking around because there was a lot of uh, steps and paths. And so then it would make sense to me built a mindfulness hospital, which is a hundred rooms so that people could come there um, if they were ill or if they were at the end of life so that they could participate in some of the programs and practices uh, at the center. And all of that was done for uh, the volunteers, everything, every, every piece of that was, was volunteered from the, the construction to the construction workers. So, so how how is it that uh, Thailand is a huge area? You know, you you mentioned and compared it to New, uh, New York, or, or Chicago, and I'm sure that the need in the area is great. You know, if it's anything like the United States, you know, the need for help and, and for a new way of life is great. What are the criteria to come and get into? I'm calling it a program, but to get into a yeah. center, like there is there yeah. a capacity enough of people that she would have to turn away? Is there some type of yeah, how, how do you get accepted? There are there are workshops. I think the first Sunday of every month, which is the Serene Mind for families of uh, you know women who are pregnant with families, and there are different programs. So people come. Um, not everyone lives there. You know, some people do. If you would want to go and to become ordained, uh, actually, it's a program that she has. You can uh, become ordained as a nun. And the Thai people that I, I, I realized this, and I met one French woman who is quick and Thai. Uh, they come to be ordained as a nun, and they, you can decide how long you're going to stay. So you would go through all of the rituals of shaving your head and um, giving up, the, or, or, you know, staying on the... Uh, Sandy, we're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to come back. Sure. We're talking about how, how you can get involved in the in the project and how you could stay at that center with Sandy's eye after this break. I'm Diane Ray, Program Director for Unity Online Radio. And from all of us at unityonlineradio.org, thanks for your support and for helping us grow this year. We wish you a joyous holiday season. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We have the fabulous filmmaker Sandy Zeig with us today discussing her latest documentary film, The Living Saint 
of Thailand, the living saint of Thailand. And I don't know about you all, but oftentimes when I think of the word saint, I am humbled. But when I hear the word living saint, I am humbled and intrigued because I know that that's a person in our time living in a physical body. And we all know what physical bodies do as they age sometimes. So they're going through similar things that we are going through. And they've chosen the path of life for enlightenment and for enrichment. And definitely for service, so something that we can learn from. Now, when I watched uh, the film, The Living Saint of Thailand, I saw so much, so much in that film and felt so much from that film. One of the things, one of the themes that came across to me is something that I really believe is that everything that shows up in your life, the good, the bad, and the in-between has shown up for one reason, that is to bow down to you, to help you to create the life of your dreams. That's Part one of this statement. Part two is that your life, your dream serves somebody else's life. We're all in service to each other in some capacity. And what Sandy did with this documentary and this focus on Venerable Mechi Sansani was show how her life, Venerable Meiji Sansani, how her life of service has reached so many people, changed so many lives. We do that, guys. We do that with our little bit of sacrifice, unknowing sometimes. We do it uh, unawares. But when you really start to live on purpose, living on purpose, which is what I'll say that she did, this, this nun, when she left a lucrative, glamorous life from being a model, in Thailand, top model, not just a model, top model. When she left that life and, and followed her true passion to open up a center that focused on teaching kindness and compassion and dealing with women and helping being a service to women who were victims of rape and incest and single moms, that giving has had a rippling effect and has reached the United States because Sandy happened to be standing and caught wind of this. And so one of the principles I want to talk about uh, during the second half of our show that I was really moved with was this principle of forgiveness. I truly believe that forgiveness is one of the major keys to happiness because when you don't forgive, you imprison yourself. Mm-hmm. Someone once said that being unforgiving is like um, taking me- taking poison drinking, swallowing down poison, and then expecting the other person who you're holding this unforgiveness towards, expecting them to suffer. When you're unforgiving, that suffer. And so uh, tell us a little bit about how this forgiveness plays out in the film with the living saint of Thailand. Yeah. You know, I was talking just briefly about Mechi Nantawan, who is the nun who was in prison and now is working with uh, the filming for Facebook and many other things. And she says in the film that she, I'm, that she says, I was a person in prison and I want to motivate people. Uh, and I want you to know that you need to forgive yourself and you need to love yourself, which I found uh, beautiful because this is Venerable Mechi's teaching. Um, it's through somebody else's words. She said, you don't have to wait for someone else to give you a chance. She said she really wants people to know that everyone has to give themselves a chance. 
you know, and forgive yourself when you need to. It's just such a beautiful moment from someone who clearly had suffered through, you know, years of prison and had learned this lesson and now wants to share it with everyone. That was her main message for this film. And uh, so I thought that was extremely beautiful. Yeah. You don't have to wait for someone else to give you a chance. And this is from a who was in prison for her involvement in drugs, mm-hmm. who said, if I ever get out of prison, I'm, I'm going to uh, look up this center and become a part of this center and give herself a chance, right? And that's so very important, right? That's self-empowering, that wherever you are. That's right. That's right. Exactly what I, what I wanted to say is that makes you say he is an empowering leader. And she empowers all of the people around her. And that's the, what, what I really would want everyone to know is, um, you know, this is her venerable Mechi Sanchez's way. But we each have our own way. And so I want people, you know, when they see the film, to find in this film their own way. Yeah. And that's that's what I came away from. And I encourage it that this film should be in schools. It should be everywhere because what it does it is it shows you what difference one person can make. And I, I will tell you that today, purposefully or quite by accident and happenstance, you have had an impact. And I say you, the listener, me, the person, Sandy, the film director, the woman, the person walking on the planet Earth. We have had an impact in someone's life today. How they felt about what in some capacity, whether you just did an exchange at a, at, a, at a store and how you smiled at someone, how you said yes or hello, or it, we are all interconnected, right? We all are. We're service and so when you become as this model did I, I say model because that's what she was she made a decision to leave the life of modeling made a decision to follow a truth a calling that was inside of herself right she didn't have to wait for someone else to say you have my mission my blessing to leave modeling right and right. each of us don't we, we can redeem ourselves or reposition ourselves, if you will. I like the word reposition. We can reposition ourselves, reposition our state of mind anytime we get ready to. So, and that, I'm thinking about these women, always thinking about this documentary in terms of these women who had suffered uh, rape. Mm-hmm. One of right. the most violent crimes towards women. And right. she, she teaches this principle of forgiveness. That's right. right. Yeah, it's hard for yeah. people. It's it's hard for everyone to get their mind around this, which is that someone is, uh, you know, is, has, has such violence, and that forgiveness would be the path. But this is the path that she is teaching when she goes into prisons. She's teaching the. She brings the women in from the from the pro, from the kindred home to the prisons and teaches them to forgive. I'm sure it's not necessarily a, a particular person in that prison, but to, but to have forgiveness so that they would have then compassion for the men and the women that are in prison. And, uh, you know, because if you hold in her teaching, if you hold on to anger, you will hold on to suffering. 
And so in order to release that anger, you, you, you just, you have to release that anger so that you'll no longer suffer. Um, and it, it, I know I've some people who had a, who had a problem with that because it's, it's not something that we really have aligned with in the West. But this is her teaching. Right, because we don't connect. We have not yet connected. We're on our way. There's so much consciousness and thought and light around us. We're on our way to uh, really having this uh, thought pattern become mainstream that a lot of our sickness, whether it be physical or emotional or mental, a lot of it can be can be attached to suffering, which mm-hmm. is tied to unforgiveness. And what mm-hmm. and one of the things I think that every viewer of this film is going to walk away with is a sense of empowerment, self-empowerment, meaning that, yes, I have the ability, the potential, as she says, the potential life free of suffering. And That's right. To really look at the full picture, not to take, when you forgive someone, it doesn't take anything away from the validity of what was done wrong to you. That, mm-hmm. that's, that That's valid. What it does remove from you is the ability for that wrong to keep being done to you over and over and over again through your own emotional attachment to it, uh, through your own mental and uh, emotional trauma. Forgiveness helps to remove the trauma associated with it. And I know I'm, I don't want to make it sound too s- simplistic, but it is an yeah. essential part no. of the healing process. Yeah. And I, I wanted to kind of also quote, you know, uh, something that um, Katai said. Um, she said that um, instead of opening up w- wounds, that we have to use all the different arts uh, to heal, to heal. So her method is, so, um, so Katai, I mentioned this before, she uses the candle making, uh, which uses heat. You'll see in the movie how beautiful, what beautiful candles she makes. So she's oh, able they're to beautiful. make something, something more beautiful is what she says, actually, just as she did with her heart. So she could um, actually change something dim to a picture of joy. And that is also forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Because it's all energy, right? If everything is energy. It's up to us. We are free to use that energy mm-hmm. in, the way that, in the way that prospers and builds us up and affirms us and thereby serves mankind in some form or fashion. And you're right. Which, which she did with the candles and with the flowers. Now that's it's just energy. That same energy, right, from these violent acts could have been turned. That that energy could have been turned inwardly, and become um, uh, self uh, killing. I can't think of the word right now, but yeah. it could, it could yeah. into something that we could use to harm ourselves. Right? You know, we could go into right. a deep depression or uh, start using drugs or that nature. But at the center, they're turning. Basically, with her program, she's changing the paradigm of violence now. There, that, that, yes. that, that violence that could continue because one has been a, a, a victim of violence, she's changed the paradigm. And that's a, such a powerful message for everyone to hear. That, you know, if, even if we're not going through that kind of suffering, everyone does suffer. But we don't have to live with it, you know. And she's, that's her main message. Um, yeah. 
So I want to just say that, that you said it so beautifully. Everyone has challenges. And this is why I think the film is so very important. Uh, men, women, adults, children, everyone has had something show up in their life that they wish had never occurred. Right? Right. We all have a, a why me moment, right? We all have had those moments in our life. And what she does here in this film and what you portray so beautifully in the film is that even this can be used. Even even this can be used, right? Wish it hadn't happened, but it has happened, and it's not the end. And at right. the center, what she does is she takes all this brokenness, and if you just watch the film, you see how beautiful this place is and, and how tranquil and peaceful. She yeah. takes all this, all the brokenness, mm-hmm. and massages it. That doesn't. It is nowhere in in this documentary. Is it to me appear that she's denying that it happened? This is part of. This is part of your journey. This is part of your uniqueness. And now here's the beautifulness that we're going to bring from this. Even this, right, right. We can. Yeah, you know, a, we can use even child- this. There was a children's book that uh, that was translated into English for children with some of these practices, and one of them was said, "Say hello, know what suffering is happening to you, and for example, if you're mad, then say goodbye, let it go, <laughs> let the anger go." to free your mind and your soul. This was a book for children, and I thought that it was quite beautiful to say hello yes. and goodbye. <laughs> say hello and say goodbye. A- absolutely. And I can see this film being part of something that is required. You know, my, my kids went to Catholic school when they were younger, all the way up um, from to middle school and at some point in the Catholic school they brought in yoga practice which I thought was extraordinary thinking for the school that they were at and what I loved about that practice is it gave you a way to reach at to rechannel energy right mm-hmm. this film is the same thing it gives you a way to to sit with yourself and with and with your memories and, and with whatever's going on in your life but to sit with it in a different way, to sit mm-hmm. with it in a powerful, self-affirmed way. Yeah. To find a way to say that this is energy and this is what I choose. I am free. I wrote, I wrote a book called Freedom is Your Birthright. And I got to tell you, as I was <laughs> in this film, I said, this, this, was, this is a choice. And everybody who came here, right, they also are still in the middle of choice, right? Because the process we know is not easy, especially. I go back to the women that I think there was a, very early on in the film, a young girl who was a, a victim of incest. Mm-hmm. And I believe yeah, that's, yeah, she was. That's Katai. That's the same one that was okay, uh, yeah, in the was, film. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, she, it, she was drugged and so, she was. It, yes. She, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She got pregnant and she was the one who was the, one of the first in this program. Exactly right. Right. And so. You you hear that, and then you watch as it progresses on, and you know that that, you know, many people will say, oh, well, this this child was born of this condition. And we know this is happening all over the world, unfortunately. But what she was able to do with that situation, how she was able to transform that energy, 
you know, mm-hmm. the reality of the situation was what happened to her, but how she was able to transform that energy to produce something beautiful. Right. Know, and, you know, I, I think I think we may have said this, but I just want to reiterate it again, that she teaches people, you know, to learn how not to suffer. In other words, you have suffering and then what do we do to transform it? So then she teaches how to love yourself and to start to forgive yourself. And when you can forgive yourself, then you're able to love and to forgive others. So this is a, a main part of her teaching. Okay, so I want to say that one more time because that's very important. You guys, you've got to see this film for that reason. The Living Saint of Thailand. The teaching how not to suffer, right? So we all know, I'm going to say, you know, I love this phrase, rain falls on the just and the unjust. If you consider, you know, there are going to be challenges. But suffering is a choice in how to choose to live a life free of suffering. So she teaches that. Mm-hmm. And then she teaches mm-hmm. how to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Major principle, major, major, major. There are so many things that we call loving ourselves, Right. But we, when we get, when we have trauma, right. Uh, which we know represent hatred towards ourselves, getting involved and, and things that further hurt us because we're trying to deal with the pain and the suffering. Wouldn't it be great to learn and to know how to recognize, become aware that it's happened, to not suffer even though it's happened, to love yourself genuinely, meaning to to develop practices, practices and, and habits and, and ways of doing things in your life and seeing things and perceiving things in a way that is truly loving towards you. And there was one other thing you said, how, how not to suffer, how to love yourself, and... And then you'll be able to love and forgive others. And there is the service, right? When you when <laughs> right. you love and you forgive others, right? that means you set yourself free. And that's teaching. You're, we're always teaching. Right? So when you can show genuine love, People, you know, we're perceptive. You walk into a, into a room, you know when there's love, presence, or when there's judgment. And that's part of her, her initial statement that I fell in love with. She said, everyone has a right to be different. It says, the center is guided by the beliefs that every human being has the potential to live a life free from suffering and that people can be different and that mm-hmm. difference should be respected and accepted. And accepted. Love Love and forgiveness is our service to other people. This film, I don't know if you meant to do all of this, but you're a tremendous filmmaker, um, does more than just tell, you're welcome, it's well-deserved. I mean, you're a tremendous filmmaker. This, it does more than tell the story of the living saint of Thailand. It does, it does mm-hmm. tell that story very nicely, mm-hmm. but it also tells the story of the potential of every viewer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that because really in my heart, that's the message. The message is if you can see the power of this one person and this, you can be inspired by all of her actions and how much transformation she's created and how she's affected lives. So many lives that you, that each one of us, can take more responsibility in our lives to do whatever we can in a humble way, you know, by our action to serve as many people as we can in this very precious time that we have. 
Yes, yes. And time is precious. Time is precious. And right now, in this moment right now, to make a choice to live without suffering. Right? doesn't mean that you have to adopt you know, a Buddhist. Not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we know that it is possible. And this film really does that for us. It opens up to those possibilities. Right. I mean, I think that in all spiritual practices, it's really the same message, you know, loving kindness. I mean, you know, each, each, uh, each, it doesn't have to be, the hers is a, is a message with the, you know, the teaching of the Buddha, but, and we can all learn from that. It's, there's, there's much wisdom in the Buddhist teaching, but we don't have to become Buddhist to appreciate it and to even apply it. Right. Because, you know, someone also in the beginning of the film, when you just said this popped in my mind, where I think there's a caption that says that uh, money was not the answer. She's a top model. Mm -hmm. And we're so busy. We believe that if we have a little bit more money, right, uh, that things would be so different. Perhaps we'd have a lot more material things and maybe even some more freedom. Right. And Mm -hmm. we do know that. Uh, we see our celebrities and we say, oh, my gosh, all the money, all the freedom. But really what is what makes the difference in a life with or without money is mm-hmm. suffering because suffering is something that money really doesn't stop. You know, this, this, it stops hunger. Yes, it stops that. But it doesn't stop that pain, that ache. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pain in the and, ache. you know, yeah, she said somewhere something about, you know, people may have different uh uh, amounts of money, different classes of people, uh, but happiness is always the same. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter how much money you have or how little money you have, but happiness is always the same for all of us. Right, yeah, I, and I, I traveled to Africa one year, and I remember, you know, I, oh, I had so many questions, and one of my friends who had traveled many times before, she said to me, she said, a smile is universal, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. and when you, when you said that, Happiness is universal, and it and, and when you can achieve that, and so if we say happiness is the absence of suffering in this moment right now, right? Joy mm-hmm. to go to this place of joy is learning to move beyond a place of suffering. Mm-hmm. This film, this film, does that. It helps you to see that and to feel that part of yourself. So we have about four minutes left. What is it that you would like viewers? that Drayvon is taking from the film. I could go on forever. What is it you want viewers to take away from The Living Saint of Thailand? You know, as a, as a filmmaker, I think uh, I, I really want to, uh, with this film, open people's hearts and inspire them to think and to feel and to know and to come to terms with what each of us can do to make a greater impact. And I feel like those few minutes that you have to spend in the Satira Damasatan, which is a very beautiful place, um, to enjoy that time and to come away with uh, some inspiration of your own. Uh, what's next for you? And how much more can each one of us do to help our society and the world and just uh, on a spiritual level, each and every one? So how can people see this film? It's a 14-minute film. Right. So how how can pe- how can our viewers see this film? I, I think that Drayvon's going to put it on her website. <laughs> I, am, I am. I'm going to have it on my social media, but when we finish here, media. too. On my so- okay, great. On, uh, on Instagram <laughs> oh, great. and 
I'm going to try to get it on my LinkedIn, but it'll definitely be on Instagram and it'll be on Facebook. But it's on YouTube. And, and you yes, can just is. really, you, you, can, you can just put you in can. the search engine, the Living Saint of Thailand. Yes, you can. And then you can also go to my website, which is sandezeig.com, sandezeig.com. And the film has been translated into five languages. So if you have a friend who speaks Spanish or Chinese or German or um, French, uh, they can see it with the film with subtitles. And uh, it's being linked up with uh, Venerable Nature Sansonese's YouTube page. So you can maybe see also some of her uh, videos there as well. Yeah, it's definitely worth a 14-minute commitment to reach a part of yourself, especially during the season. You know, we're in our holy season. Um, it's season, you know, for Christians and the other religions right now. And this season, which is so much about us connecting with a with a source beyond ourselves, right? But also within ourselves, right? So, you know, all-knowing but so tangible. This film allows you the assistance of going deeper into yourself so that you can reach a point where nothing's impossible, where forgiveness is not impossible, where life without suffering is not impossible. Sandy, thank you so much for being on our show today. I look forward to seeing all of your other work and new work in the future. Got a lot to do with the Living Saint of Thailand to get it out there to be so everyone sees it. So I encourage you as our listeners, if you're seeing it, pass it on to the next person. That this is a great way to have some wonderful growth and development during these holiday seasons and to really connect. This is Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Until next week, I absolutely love you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.